0: Amin. Alhamdulillah. wa wassalamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Welcome everybody to Nothing but Facts 17. And it's Wednesday, which means today we look at the affairs of the Ummah. And uh, we're going to look at our affairs of the Ummah today are taking us to Europe. But first it's Wednesday between Dhuhr and Asr, so we ask Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala after sending salah and salam upon his messenger sallallahu <laughs> alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi sallallahu alaihi wasallam salatatan kamila. وسلم سلاما تاما على سيدنا محمد الذي تنحل به العقد وتنفرج به الكرب وتقضى به الحوائج وتنال الرغائب وحسن الخواتم ويستسقى الغمام بوجه الكريم وعلى آله وصحبه والمسلم اللهم استجب دعاءنا اللهم أجري على ألسنتنا ما يصلح أحوالنا ويأسك الله تعالى تميك flow off of our tongues what he has decreed for us and what he wants to give us so that we are we ask allah ta'ala for all those umniyat and all those wishes and desires that we have in our heart make them uh, give us their ijaba and bless it for us in this life and the next we ask allah for our parents that he give them hidayah and give them jannat al-firdaus without hisab and make their last of days the best of their days we ask allah ta'ala for all of our youth that he makes them love iman and make it sweet in their hearts. We ask Allah Ta'ala for, and make kufr and deviation bitter to them. We ask Allah for all the married couples that he puts sa'ad happiness and peace in their marriages and in their families. We ask Allah Ta'ala for all those sick, give them shifa, all those impoverished, open the doors of rizq and make it blessed for them in this life and the next. And we ask Allah for the ummah at large, all those suffering from the Muslims that Allah Ta'ala push away their enemies, alleviate their hardships and grant them for all their hardships, may Allah grant them kafara for their sins and elevation of ranks. We Lastly, we ask that Allah makes none more beloved to us than his most beloved Sayyid al-Kawnein, Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Today, our first thing that we're going to read is about Sweden. There's some drama happening in Sweden. It's not. It's not just drama. This is the last thing you ever want to happen to you in your life, that your kids get taken away from you. Now here, taking children away from Muslim and immigrant, especially families. They're kidnapping the children. They're stealing these people's kids, okay? Why are they stealing people's kids in Stockholm, the Muslim kids? Why are they stealing them in Stockholm, England? Why do we get bullied as an ummah? Don't you notice this? Every country, we're just getting bullied and pushed around. Subhanallah. If I had, if I, if I, Ryan, if I was king, man, if I had a little state, but but we were strong, we get no respect in the whole world. It would be war, 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 not out of vengeance, out of the balance of respect. So vengeance is not a good thing. That means you didn't benefit from your tribulation. You have to have ability to forgive. I will forgive. I'm all about forgiveness and getting along. Why make enemies if we could be friends? That's my mentality. But we get no respect. We get zero respect anywhere in the world. Everyone gets a thousand times more respect than us. We get no respect. That's why it's gonna be war. That's, that's, that would be my policy. Until you, until you give us respect. Once I, I sense for a moment that we, we're getting respect, it's, it's all love. And it's all we'll make it, we'll, 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 we'll be, we can be friends. I don't care who you are. If you respect me, we can be friends and we could deal with each other equally. But we're not having equal terms here. Look at this. Muslim immigrant families in Western Sweden protested Sunday against state social services for allegedly unjustly taking their kids from their homes. Protesters holding photos of their kids gathered in Gothenburg's Gustav Adolf Torg Square and chanted, give us our kids back. Our children were taken from us. We want justice. Swedish officials say, Children are removed from their families under certain circumstances. Why are you removing people, taking kids from their families? Mike Yuxel, Mikael Yuxel, head of the Swedish Nuance Party, told this uh, uh, Turkish newspaper that he supports the protests and he sympathizes with the families whose children have been taken away. And he says, it's a tragic. So why are they taken away? We haven't got an answer yet. Yuxel said, many people sought his help to have their rights protected from state social services while dismissing social media reports saying the children were given a Christian family. He said this is a rumor. The social service agency's justification for taking a child from a Swedish family is not the same as when they take it from a Muslim family. He explained, a report has been prepared by the country's discrimination bureau showing discrimination against immigrant families. So he's saying the country's own bureau is saying this that the muslims have been taken away from their own families with a different standard than everyone else anders yegman the minister of migration and integration he also said they are discussing the issue through dialogue well that's never a good sign dialogue is just delay 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 it's like israel having meetings 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 talks 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 meaningless Sunday's demonstration followed a protest last week. We still didn't get any meat and potatoes. What, what is the claim? Why are they being taken away? Okay. Okay. The city of uh, Falkoping, Western Sweden, announced that it had ended a contract with a company that provides childcare and is responsible for removing children from their families, according to the state radio. So that's good, right? but we still didn't get the meat and potatoes. Why are they taken away in the first place? Swedish Healthcare uh, Incorporate said that the statement that found it it had found violence and suspected sexual abuse with the company's work. Okay, so they outsource this company and they're getting rid of this company. A very aggressive rumor campaign is currently underway on various social media, alleging that Swedish social services kidnap, imprison and sexually exploit Muslim children. This information is seriously misleading, says this company. The statement added, Swedish social services activities are governed primarily by the Social Services Act, blah, 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 blah. I didn't get enough meat and potatoes of what's going on. Why are they taking them away? So let's go here. Swedish Muslim kids taken away. See, I, I actually try to not to read them in advance just so that I can have a natural reaction when I do read them. Okay. Let's take a look at this, this, this article. All right. All that Sweden is keeps repeating and putting out that it's a, a campaign. Why would, why would someone make up a campaign like this? Okay. What's to gain by making up lies like this and how many, and, and, and one person can lie, but this protest has a lot of people in it. Okay. Their justification, blah, 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 same thing. Okay, denial, they're denying it. Of course they're going to deny it, obviously. Somali Muslim refugee won a key victory for Muslims in Europe after Europe's top rights courts ruled that Norwegian authorities violated Muslim women's rights when they removed their children and placed them with a Christian family. Syrian parents are also embroiled in such cases across five cities that you think they're going to conspire to get their kids uh um uh, taken away yeah it's far off obviously something something's has happening here but we need okay we need some more meat and potatoes here let's take a look at another article all the news is now sweden's denial but it seems like the media is pushing the denial they're not actually pushing the original claim against them what do we All right, Muslim immigrant families in Western Sweden protested, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Protesters holding photos of the children, same thing we just read. Sweden officials say that their children are removed and kidnapped. It's the same articles going around, okay? Disinformation campaign, according to Swedish ministry. Disinformation, fine, but how do you have all these families protesting? You think they made this up? okay. Who who would have something against Swedish Social Services for no reason? All right, let's take a look at another article. What do you think of this, Ryan? No, your your homeland. Are you affected? I
1: think it's hard to find information on these things because these issues have been going on for a long time. Yeah. And once they get publicized, they're being publicized for a certain reason mm-hmm. that we don't necessarily understand, but um, it's always kind of fishy trying to find information
0: on these types of things, oppressions and things like that. It's always hard because the, uh, if someone doesn't want it to happen, what they do is they muddle it up with lies and they'll even add lies, right? Let's say there's one side and the other and one the, the, the opposing side can muddle it up by adding people who are complaining against them, but fake and they'll, they'll put lies, right? So then they'll be able to say, oh, that's a lie. Then they'll say the whole thing is a lie. You see what I mean? So
1: I think also, like if you look at it, they're taking the Muslim kids away and putting them with Christian families, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the greatest interest of an oppressor is to divide people completely. Yeah. So that's just another divisive tactic is uh, well, Muslims versus Christians. That's a great Christians. point. Think.
0: To create a Muslims versus Christians uh, uh, division. That's a good point. Let's read this article, al istiqlal newspaper, Sara Andalusi i don't know anything about them but let's see what they have to say it's absolutely heartbreaking to see thousands of children being unjustly taken away from their arab and muslim families i mean she's a good writer look at the words absolutely heartbreaking thousands of children unjustly taken away from their arab and muslim families right good writer good first sentence many of these families uh left their countries to escape injustice and wars Okay, Abdullah Sharif YouTube channel revealed terrifying and shocking information about the Swedish Social Foundation forcibly taking children from the Arab and Muslim families under the pretext of negligence. They said they're negligent. How is an Arab family negligent? The Arabs are the most strictest parents, right? They're like overbearing sometimes. The Swedish Center for Information stated 20,000 children are taken away from their families every year. For instance, the Center reported the story of a Moroccan immigrant, Salwa Lina, who was found dead in her flat after being separated from her child. The reason of her death was not revealed. However, the sadness and deep pain explicitly expressed in a video she posted before her death was heartbreaking. Apparently, she died out of the effect of this this calamity. The video described in detail her story and her misery after losing her boy. Another video of her boy in the cemetery saying his last and final goodbye to his mom went viral on social media. Wow. Okay. Okay. Someone mentioned here too, Ahnef yeah. Habib. He said,
1: you "No, know, the Swedes, the Swedish country, is one of the most like liberal places you could go. It right? is like it's kind of expected at this point.
0: Yeah, it's expected that they shut down like religious values in families. So yeah, Ryan saying that someone commented saying that the Swedes are the most, it's like the most liberal country in all of Europe. Lena's misery, along with many Arab and Muslim sad testimonies." about the offensive practice of the Swedish social uh, services triggered widespread criticism and condemnation. Protests and pressures from all over the world raised rejecting practices that violate, violate the basic rights of the children and the families. Okay, but I need some more details. So a social worker and rights activist in the U.S. revealed to al this newspaper, the content of a letter they collectively sent to the Swedish ambassador. I cannot imagine the nightmare these poor families are enduring. Without their children. Videos, you know this is like a war crime. If I had a country and my citizens, like they went to work in your country, and then they wrote to me this, to me that's a war crime, right? That's, uh, videos posted on social media document the Swedish social services finding ways to separate children from their families rather than educate immigrants and find ways to help them follow Sweden's laws and keep family together. The letter added, separating a child from other parents is detrimental and traumatic. It will result in possibly irreparable harm. In many cases, it appears to be a matter of culture and religious targeting. And well, just look at the stats. Uh, how much? What's the percentage of Muslims? What's the percentage of Muslim kids taken away? Understanding the background of these families is key to protecting the children. Also, educating new families to the laws would ensure no children are taken away under false pretenses. And the letter continues. And they have these marches. There's like dozens and hundreds of people in these marches. So they're not going to be making up lies. A Sharif video disclosed the suicide of Yasmin, 13 years old, after being taken away from her family to be adopted by a rich Swedish family. Hey, Ryan, any chance that you can pull up this video? The Abdullah Sharif YouTube channel. Let me just give you the name. And then if we pull it up, you can actually play it. Um, it was, if you look up, Abdullah Asharif's YouTube channel, and the the video is Selwa Lina. There's a lot of videos apparently that he's putting. Okay. It's uh, in Arabic. Uh, Maybe she's speaking in Arabic. Yeah. The the video title is in Arabic. No, it should be just uh, Abdullah in English. Similarly, Dina Hassan, fifteen years old. Hey, yeah, hey, can you look up these videos too? Right 15 We have an intern. Now. 15 years old uh, also committed suicide after her custody was given to a new alternate alternative Swedish family. Obviously your policy is not working. You're trying to help these kids. They're killing themselves. The suicide of these two children should raise alarm about repercussions. October 16, 2021, the Swedish TV channel reported that a man was accused of having committed hundreds of sexual crimes against a child over several years. Right. And he's supposed to be part of the social services. Sounds more like sexual services than social services. The man had previously worked in the social children's home, HVB, and also was designed by the Swedish social organization as an alternative father for two children. The man was arrested in July 2021. He should be hung, executed after the girl told a relative of the abuse she had been subjected to. The man caring for children in Swedish social organization and who was judged qualified to adopt two children was sued for charges, including 79 aggravated rapes against one child. 178 rapes against another child in addition to charge of using child the child in pornography. So this person is completely sick in the head. They should be dealt with. And yet they're getting a paycheck from the Swedish social organization, according to this, this journalist. Okay, you can. I said her name earlier. You could ask her, but she's the journalist here. And she's just citing statistics from court cases. So clearly this was filed. This is not to say that all social workers in Sweden uh, are not qualified. Now it's like, remember when it, after 9-11 it was Muslim and, fl- and, and flying, Muslim while flying, black while driving, they're always getting pulled over to a disproportionate amount. Now... Being a Swedish caretaker or a social worker while Swedish, being a social worker while Swedish, uh, you know you have a quite a bit of a stigma, and it's going to take a while to erase it. Okay, because if your organization and this went on for seventy-eight rapes, hundred and seventy-eight for another girl, I guess you deserve the stigma at that point. This is not to say that all Swedish social workers are not qualified. Yeah, but when they're not qualified, they're really not qualified, like criminally not qualified but to emphasize that the process of forcing children to be separated from their families should be reversed. The hashtag Stop Kidnapping Our Children swept social media with people from different countries denouncing the Swedish social organization violations. Protests were organized. Yet the Swedish social minister claimed that kidnapping is fake. Obviously. What else is he going to say? Also, Sweden's official portal in the Arabic language on Twitter responded last month to one of the tweets referring to the cases of children being taken by parents by saying the state does not want to separate children from the family but bro look once you're denial once you're in denial mode you've lost right so the swedish social service thing they're clearly in denial mode all their their um social media they're denying so when you're in denial mode that means you've lost the account added that the final decision regarding children is not in the hands of social services, but rather the Swedish judiciary. Okay, add them to the mix too. Raith Drubi says, he posts a, a, a picture, a video, of a Moroccan child in Sweden who fled Swedish social and wants to escape his family. Let's take a look. Look, let's take a look at this. He's given the shahada. He's being pinned down. All right, let's take a look at this again because you might have not heard, uh, seen it or heard it well. All right, let me turn the screen over like a little bit and brighten it up so everyone could see this. So look at, you have this adult here. You have this adult guy. He's a cop or whatever he is. And he's got a little youth and he's the ba- he's yelling he's not the shahad he's like he can't breathe or something <laughs> this is uh um from pillar to post i'm telling you could you imagine if this happened to like an israeli kid in an arab country or an american in another country? An American kid was doing this? No, it's just, it's all one way. It's all one way. Subhanallah. It's a disgusting video. It's a disgusting scene. Okay. There were many calls for action worldwide after this video. He says, what is this? Is this the Middle East? He's trying to say Israel. Is this Israel? Is this China? What is this? Where you have a Muslim kid. He's not even like have any hair on his face he must be 13 years old and he's saying the shahada like this in a supposedly civilized country so internationally there has been uh, many activists embassies human rights organizations and social media networks have denounced this practice human rights activists shared with al-istiqlal the message that they are spreading in the US This is a human rights issue and just getting upset is not enough. We urge you to do your part. Be professional in your communication as the goal is not to offend the Swedish government, but rather to make them back down from unfair policies. One time the man came to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, my neighbor is harming me. So the Prophet ﷺ tried to help. Nothing happened. It happened again. He said, my neighbor is harming me. He tried to help. Nothing happened. Then the Prophet Sallam said, take all of your belongings and, and go outside. And if people go outside your house, if people ask, what is this? Because you made a scene now. The scene is a little bit odd to have someone out with all their belongings. And tell them, if they ask you what's happening, tell them, my neighbor's abusing me. So public shame. And then after one or two people pass by and he said this, the man ran to him and said, okay, let's make amends. Put, just put your stuff inside. Don't talk. Because the public shame will make someone change if nothing else can make them change. I don't know whether it's public shame or is going to be enough. You know, sometimes you need something else from different countries. Doesn't Sweden, I'm sure they have some trade partners in different Islamic countries that they that they deal with. I'm sure that there are some Muslim corporations that they deal with and they need. So... If people want to see that video themselves, you find it at Raith Drubi. Uh, Twitter. At Ghaith Drubi. Okay. Uh, Ghaith, G-H-A-I-T-H. Drubi, D-R-O-U-B-I. Okay. A nightmare for Muslims, she says. There are many institutions in different Western countries similar to Sweden's social services. Okay. Western countries that follow up cases of violence against children and ensure that the child grows up in a healthy environment. However, the practice of these institutions fuel the fears of Muslims in different Western countries with the spread of several cases, forcibly taking Arab and Muslim children from their parents without considering cultural differences. Bassam Tabliya, a lawyer specializing in international law and human rights, he attributes the prevalence of this, taken from Arabic, the lack of experience and knowledge of the culture and laws of the country in which they reside. You can't blame them. Why are you blaming them? Like what crime can you do opposed to like almost killing your kid or starving them justifies your kid being taken away from you? So I don't understand why the guy is, is he trying to win some points with, with the Europeans? Right? That he's blaming the parents? Uh, the lawyer confirms that this, that the institutions concerned with child welfare take precautionary measures to ensure the safety of the child above all. That's just words, obviously. That's the policy. And then take an investigation path to determine the reality of the situation and the validity of the claim. I'm telling you, I'm not saying that nobody is going to be making mistakes right, in these things, but uh, it's going to be a situation where this is the most drastic thing you could do to a family. I'm pulling up this YouTube video to see this is exactly what we do our Wednesdays for to see what's happening in the Muslims so we can make at least publicize it make dua for them alright this thing uh, we can't really play it for our audience but um, it's it's basically an Arabic video with transliteration and then he gets to the story after that okay and he tells about the swedish uh, kids that are being taken away etc etc so um um, you know they're egyptians actually so they're egyptians involved in this so in any event i was going to actually read another story should we read the other story or should we just break for questions and answers now
1: um Maybe we we could save the other one for next week, but yeah. there's something someone brought up in the chat and mm-hmm. I think it's worth mentioning, too, because I'm sure a lot of people are local. Yeah, it, They mentioned that there's a new comprehensive sexual education act or law that's being passed in New Jersey for schools as long as, like, fifth grade. And in my youth group, I was talking to these guys. They're learning about this stuff in, like, fourth grade now. Like, it's really early on. The sex
0: ed law in New
1: Jersey. In New Jersey, yeah. Uh, so they
0: said, though that you have the option to opt out yeah. but it's not publicized. All right, let's take a look at this. Let's see what we have on the new sex ed law. Okay, so this is June 2020. Uh article says NJ adopts new sex education standards. NJ.com has an article saying sex ed should start in kindergarten. And this is what kids should learn. That's February 2021. The teeth. The teeth. The, these kids don't even know how to make their beds, let alone invite someone else into their bed, right? Uh, of course. So this is a study from NJ College. You need a study. By who? A, 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 here's the thing. Anyone wants to sh- hide behind something, you just call it. Say a study says who study, and why should I trust this person? And how did they do the study? And we don't. Wait, we, we don't have. Uh, about 7,000, 8,000, 9,000, 10,000 years of human life to know that when certain things should be taught to people. Um, sex ed, according to this article, should begin in kindergarten and focus on healthy relationships instead of solely talking about sexually transmitted diseases and pregnancies. It says a monumental new study. It's monumental because they like the results. That's why. And it reviewed three decades of sex ed data. We've never had research ever. How can you talk about kindergarten? They don't even know what you're saying, sex ed. They don't even know what the feeling is, right? Uh, We've never had research ever that's looked at the impact of sex ed other than pregnancy, reproduction, and STI reduction, okay, says this person. I think this person is, they got something in their head that needs to be fixed. Okay, let's go to this. NJ adopts new sex ed standards because... I'm sure that other states have the same thing, and you got to know what's going on in your state. Some say it's gone too far. These liberals and Democrats, all they want is the fascia and munkar at all levels. They want all sorts of, uh, any form of zina and drugs, right? That's basically what they're all about. New Jersey has adopted new sex ed standards that will expand what students are taught about relationships, pregnancies, consent, but also updates on controversial topics of abortion and gender identity, okay? Um, here's my thing about education. Teach something that, has a, that is an observable science, like an experiment in a lab, or is a rational subject, such as math, or is a transmitted subject, such as language and history, things that have a right and a wrong that can be proven. This is your beliefs. So you're teaching a belief here, right? And if you're claiming to be a secular thing that the public is paying through tax money, then you shouldn't teach beliefs. If you're going to teach this belief, why not teach all the other beliefs? So what is the Christian uh, view of sex education? What is the Jewish view of sex education? Here in South Brunswick, we have a lot of Hindus. I'm sure they have something about their version of sex education. So if it's secular and it's paid for by the public right? Then why not teach all people? So fine, this is, let's say, atheist sex ed, right? Or whatever sex ed. What about all the other constituencies that you have in your, in your state and your city? Isn't that makes sense? Well, am I talking sense, right? Doesn't this make sense that if this is a secular thing and this is a matter of belief, this is not right and wrong. There's no right and wrong that can be observed. It's a matter of belief, So if it's a matter of belief, teach everyone's beliefs about sex ed with no slant. All right. He says, the State Board of Education approved standards for health and physical education, blah, blah, blah. Providing New Jersey's students with a thorough and inclusive health and physical education is the first step to creating a safer garden state, says this person. And these are uh, Coalition Against Sexual Assault. Comprehensive sex health ed is a proven protective factor against sexual violence and essential to young people's health and safety i mean if it's about violence you could talk about the spaces that you're in i don't see how that's actually sex ed right like violence is going to occur in a private space right i don't see what does it have to do with teaching kids some of the nuances uh, of what goes on in a sexual relationships critics and board members objected so there are some sane people in the room They say the standards would violate parents' rights to teach about sensitive subjects. This is where you're going with the left. They want to take over your job as as parents, even though I would like to ask some of these people, let's take a look at your kids. If you want to go in and start taking over the jobs of parents, let's see what your kids look like. If they're some kind of upright model citizen, then yeah, I want you telling me about how to parent. Okay, I guarantee you. Go look at the people teaching this stuff. Let's take a look at your kids, right? And if we approve as the tax-paying citizenry, all right, Then I know what's happening. So board member Andrew Mulville, he pointed to a change in language around abortion. Previous standards mentioned legal rights of abortion. Okay, the new standards cite it is an option for pregnancy. I don't think teachers should be telling kids that one of the things you can do if you get pregnant is have an abortion right? Yeah, why are they, why are you getting involved in that? It's like a personal affair. Mulville said at May 3rd meeting, when the resolution was adopted, there are a lot of people who fundamentally believe that it is, this is something that should not be taught, okay. Sex ed commissioner Lamont Repelay said local school boards would decide which curriculum and material to use to teach the new standards. He, he, he countered criticism by saying that parents have the right to opt out of certain instruction for their kids. But the parents have to know that they're opting out. They have to know that they have this option. So many parents, I guarantee you, especially the immigrant parents, they don't know that they have to opt out. Dan Rice, executive director of Answer, a national sex ed organization based at Rutgers, said one of the biggest changes was the shift to in- inclusive language that takes into account sexual orientation and gender identity. Okay, fine. If you're going to be all fair, include that and include... What is the jewish view of gender identity what is the hindu view of gender identity what is the confucian view of gender identity what is the muslim view of gender identity that would be inclusive right inclusive is not like one way if it's truly inclusive then have lectures for all these uh different belief systems doesn't that make sense like inclusive for the left is almost just change the color of the person but he has the same beliefs where true inclusivism is the inclusivity of the epistemology. Our source is X, Y, and Z. The Hindu source is the, Baga, uh, the Gitas, Bahavad Gitas or whatever. Haven't studied that in 20 years. The Catholic source is gonna be whatever their, their doctrine is. The Jewish source, they got the Talmud, et cetera. That's real diversity. The Talmud teaches, there are guys and girls. The Bible teaches, that no abortion is allowed at all. If you're about inclusivity, teach the whole gamut and let people, if it's truly about choice, let the kids decide, right? The Muslim, and bring a Hindu to teach it, bring a Catholic, one lecture at least, bring a Catholic to teach it, bring a Hindu to teach it, bring a, Jew, a Jewish rabbi to teach it, bring a Muslim imam to teach it. That would be actual inclusivity. And that would actually be diversity, that's diversity. Not diversity, it's one opinion, but your face looks different, that's it. Or you're from a different ethnic background. We know a lot of young people who identify as gay, lesbian, and transgender often say they don't feel reflected in the language. I could tell you right now, I know a lot of people who identify as Muslim in these schools, tons of Muslims in South Brunswick high schools, right? And North Brunswick too, and New Brunswick just speaking as a Muslim. Tons of young people who identify as Muslims who do not see any of their beliefs reflected in this language too. So if they truly wanna be diverse, teach all the gay stuff you want. Teach all that, uh, the gender identity that you want. If you're truly secular and nonpartisan, et cetera, then give a semester for each other value that's represented in your class. You could take a census of the people who are paying the taxes to, to run this school. And if you have, let's say, 25% are Indian, why aren't they, why isn't their stuff taught, right? If 25% of them are Muslim, which it could be, right, maybe 10%, then 10% of the curriculum on the subject should reflect their views. And then let the students choose. That's the right way to do things. Okay. Of course, we're talking to walls, right? We are talking and just basically wasting our breath because we know what what they're doing here. We'll just finish this, and then we'll go to the, the comments. The standards which outline what students should know by grade level also better reflect modern-day concerns about tech, including safe and legal use of this stuff, cyberbullying and sexting. The new guidelines also update lessons on consent, a growing concern. Why is consent the bane thing, right? Consent is the secular standard for when sex should happen, right? That's the, the, the standard that's not based on anything except the human attempt to make some laws and rules for ourselves consent so you should say that based upon if we're going to use only human attempt to, to, to make laws consent is the main issue but for this group of people consent is not the main standard our standard of what governs our sexuality and our sexual behavior is allah's book and the son of his prophet peace be upon him okay so I'm not saying you have to believe that, but if it's if we're actually a secular organization here and a state and an institution, then reflect the people who are paying the bills for this stuff, all right? Uh, the new guidelines also update lessons. I'm sure in Texas, for example, they got a lot of evangelicals in the Bible Belt in Tennessee. So they're paying the taxes, right? Their view should be respected, okay? You know, you're not preaching it. You're just saying what it is and have one of their own say what it is. Not some person who doesn't know what they're talking about, or, all right, Allah says, and Muhammad says, no, I don't want that, right? And totally disrespecting our tradition like this. And I'm sure the evangelicals, they're not our friends either, per se, but on this we agree, uh, they're not gonna want some atheist and some person who despises and holds their beliefs with contempt to be reflecting their beliefs on sexuality. That's why you have a problem with this, because it's actually not fairly distributed. The new guidelines update about consent, the rise of the Me Too movement against sexual harassment. Schools should teach how young people should communicate, personal boundaries. That's all like, like ethics and beliefs. Everyone's got to have their own you know, beliefs on that. You can teach as early as kindergarten. That's a, It's okay if you do not want to hug somebody. Okay? The standards call for you're putting thoughts in people's head, you know that? Is, the standards call for schools to identify factors that are important in deciding to engage in sexual behaviors, to develop plans for pregnancy and disease prevention, to teach about different methods of getting pregnant, to identify contraceptive methods, including abstinence and condom use. The level of specificity doesn't sit well with some critics. Sean Highland, director of Family Policy Alliance, of New Jersey said parents were outraged that their kids are continually being overly sexualized. The decision of the NJ Department of Education to adopt age-inappropriate extreme sexual content is a gross failure of responsibility. Tragically, schools have become obsessed with graphic sexual lessons and reading assignments that promote unhealthy and risky behaviors. Hey, Ryan, what did you hear about some of these lessons?
1: So these guys in my youth group, they're, they're in like middle school, Mm -hmm. but they said they're being taught about this in like fourth grade, like the
0: whole, the whole details, you know, the details of how to right, how to engage in zina basically, Mm. Uh, or or how to engage in sex, stuff that you wouldn't even say as a Muslim, right? Uh. You wouldn't even say this stuff, but they're learning about it as if it's a class. Okay. Well, I guess it is a class, but they're treating it as if it's some kind of knowledge. And and I feel like, like,
1: I could be wrong here, but. Like, does anybody need, like, a guidebook, really? Like, do you, do you need, like, a step-by-step? Step? Like, it's unbelievable. Look, it is
0: unbelievable. That's a great point. Like, I mean, this is something that, do you need a guidebook on how to eat if, <laughs> if you're hungry? Certain things, they're doing it because I'm telling you, they're perverted, yeah. and they want to spread their perversion to other people. And there are certain sectors in the society they targeted to become counselors in the schools, they, to, ta- to target youth, to be one-on-one with youth, Right. Because they themselves, they have another purpose for this, right? They targeted these things. Let's get to the comment section, all right? And let's talk, inshallah, to anyone who wants to talk. Let's see uh, what people have to say about all this insanity, uh, both in New Jersey and everywhere else. Uh, This news that we we said we're going to talk about France, but I found that this Swedish issue was more of an important issue. The article about France, we'll maybe talk about it next week. It's just about the educated Muslims leaving France because of what's going on. All right, Ryan, let's take it away. Bismillah. So
1: I'll start with some things, comments based on this. Someone said, if the day that we die is written, does this include cases of suicide or homicide? If so, would one of the people who died from another cause on that day, such as a car accident or cancer, et cetera? So I guess this is relevant to like people being killed in these situations right
0: this is written by allah you know how do we kind of reconcile that how do we reconcile that something happens but it happens by the hands of somebody else that's essentially the question right everything is the will of allah and he chooses whom to you to to cause the event to happen through so the event may happen through a car accident the event may happen through a murder okay Allah has chosen that person to, to fulfill his will. Remember his will, irada, is not his rida. Irada is will, rida is his pleasure, his contentment. Allah is not pleased with many things that he wills them to happen anyway for a wisdom. There's a wisdom. What his, Allah is pleased with is the end result of that, of that irada. So that's how we understand how things, everything happens by the will of Allah, but it happens through other human beings and through viruses and through accidents and storms and and other things like that. Even yourself. Allah, if if you succeed, Allah has willed to give you success through yourself. Dua. Allah has willed something through your dua. All right, let's, like a stranger says, this is why despite the many flaws within many, if not most, Islamic schools, They should be the first or only option. To me, it's going to be homeschooling or Muslim schooling. The Muslim school, if it's clean, okay, if the place is clean, to me, that's very important because a lot of Islamic schools, they may be extremely impoverished to the point that the school may be so depressing looking. I wouldn't do that to my kids, send them there. I'd homeschool, right? So to me, that's what it is. You want these absolute strangers, right? absolute strangers now teaching morals to your kids and immorals these people are absolute strangers what, what do we have to do with them next question there's a lot of comments here yeah
1: um, so someone also mentioned mm-hmm. uh that there's a case in norway where 48 children and tweens they were taken by the state and they came back not a single one of them after three to five years was a Muslim. SubhanAllah. So I guess answering off of this comment, like, are they going to be accountable for this? Or do they have to just go find Islam again? Say, if they're before
0: Belaga. SubhanAllah. So this is the case in Norway that they took a statistic where 48 kids were taken in a spirit of time, Muslim kids. And they were, after uh, some years, they were examined again. All of them had left Islam. Just goes to show you what they're trying to do. These Not everyone's our friend. I mean, uh, the question is now, are they accountable for their not being Muslim? As long as people have intellect, they're accountable. We know Allah is Rahim; He's forgiving and merciful. But in our law, if you have intellect and you have received the message, that's what matters. Okay. Allah, that's what matters for us. Leave Allah's mercy to the for Allah to decide after that who can be forgiven and who is not to be. Uh, like a stranger says, do you have any experience with any homeschool curriculum or program? Any recommendations? Um, I don't actually have um, experience with, um, with homeschooling. I know many people who do, but I personally do not have experience with homeschooling. I have experience with homeschool homework math and that has not been a good experience. What they have done to math, it makes me crazy. Uh, three times five equals blank. All right, fill it in, 15. All right, next question, explain why. <laughs> what? <laughs> what abstraction is this? The kid They don't memorize times tables and they're going straight to abstraction. Like explain what, what law is at play in five plus two equals seven and two plus five equals seven. Like what's the law? And then they have to say like the, cu- or the property, like the cu- accusative property, the cumulative property or whatever. Like this is like, that's, that's the math these days. It's, this, it's pure abstraction. And they've gone from memorizing the tables now, which to me is really important. You gotta memorize those tables. They don't memorize the tables. So that's the extent of my, my homework uh, or my homeschooling. And it has not been a good experience, right? it's just like this is the worst bonding time between father and kid is to do the math homework right <laughs> next question someone
1: so i'm mixing two again because
0: mm-hmm. there were some really good discussions
1: in no today. Problem. Mm-hmm. but someone asked if you considered doing a live on this but i think you could just mention it now yeah on reviving islam and the muslims and the pathway that has been laid down by the ulama and somebody also mentioned the fatwa of um of Murabit al-Hajj as well. I think you should mention that.
0: Murabit al-Hajj did issue a fatwa that it is forbidden. Okay, I'm going to resummarize summarize what Ryan just said. He did summarize, he did issue a fatwa. He said that it is forbidden for a Muslim to submit their kids to the non-believers on matters, okay, of education. Okay. If the non-believer could come to the Muslim and educate them on what the Muslim knows what he's saying. Like, He knows he's going to give him a math lesson. Knows that he's given him a science lesson or a language lesson. But to submit the kids to that, that's Murabat al-Hajj's fatwa. Now, why do you say that? They had French schools in Mauritania and Morocco. This was an issue. They had French schools there. And Muslims were sending their kids to the French schools. And it was like nuns and other things that were running the school. And the kids were coming out with issues in the Muslim lands, let alone outside the Muslim countries, and in the old days where you had shiyukh and righteous people all over the place, unlike today's world where you have to scrap and when you do find someone, it's someone, you know, a junior who's teaching the deen. So they issued that fatwa for that reason. The other question, what was the other question? What's the path the ulama have laid down for us? This is the era in which you know a, a reasonable person will be bewildered, a very wise and intelligent person will be bewildered. The the forces that are against the Muslims are so massive you can't even look at it. You'll feel that there's no point. So I just look at sphere of influence. Today we're reading sphere of concern, the affairs of Muslims. That's what we do Wednesday on this live stream. But. In real life, you just have to look at what what can I do right in front of me at this very moment and try to gain some momentum from that. Otherwise, you can't go look at the big picture. There's no point, in my opinion. You have states with mega armies against you. You have news outlets that could spread a lie against you and destroy a person in 24 hours. It's not a battle that you're going to... You know be able to to just sit there And and let's make a strategy Our strategies as the Prophet ﷺ said When you see matters get like this Hold on to your With your teeth To the book and the sunnah And the Muslims That's our path That's why the organization is called Safina Society Because we have to have jama'ah We have to be social We have to be together Right And the Safina Najah Is the guidance of the Sahaba uh, And the guidance of the sunnah That's it and Sufina al is the love of Ahl-Bayt, including, because it's, it's one big hadith about salvation. The Prophet Sallallahu said, my companions are like the stars and my family's like the ark. So, um, next question.
1: Somebody did mention, though, uh, t- Sister Tasneem, she said, uh, there's a lot of like online homeschool programs. There's one called Time for Learning. Mm-hmm. And it's only the core subjects, and she does the rest on ArcView.
0: Oh, good. Actually, yeah. That's good. So she says that she does the core subjects on something called timeforlearning.com, and then there's ArcView. She does, that's what ArcView is for. Maybe we should do ArcView Islamic studies, like live sessions for homeschoolers. We really should. Uh, we should do that. I can teach math. Yeah. Oh, you're good at math, huh? So uh, we should really do this. Uh, there's also another organization a lot of people use called legacy it's run by muslims and homeschoolers use it all the time all online stuff i like for my kids to go to the muslim schools because i want them to be involved with people that or and experiences that are not um, curated right so there's a jerk in class that's good. Now, at least I have the parameters that you're dealing with Muslims, people that have the basic same, you know, beliefs that we have, but you're not going to always have a curated experience. That's good. You deal with a, a jerk in class. You deal with a subject matter that's too hard and you keep not doing well and you need to struggle and, and strive. You join a debate club or a, or a team and you face other... That experience, I think, to me, is is important to have those non-curated experiences, but at least it's non-curated experiences Within a, a selective set or an environment, that I know the fundamentals, the barebone basics are going to be secured. At least these people, they believe in Allah, they pray, they fast, they promote the book of Allah and the love of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi And then, as personally as a parent, uh, that's th- those are my main my main concerns. Even if there's some okay, this subject, the school is weak in this, that, or the other, fun, that's not a problem. We can solve that with a tutor or just do some extra reading. Or today you can learn every you can build a home from youtube go learn from watch some youtube videos on how to do equations or you know pythagorean theorems and stuff like that all right next question
1: someone said can i recite the quran by memory while walking
0: outside during my lunch break can i recite quran from memory while walking the answer is yes you can recite quran from memory while laying down too. the prophet did this uh what you can what you cannot do is recite from the mushaf while laying down like that cuz it's not respect to the book itself but if it's from your memory then yes
1: next someone said without commenting on any particular situation i don't know if it's going to be possible but what are the conditions for a muslim
0: to have to make hijra what are the conditions that a muslims to have for, to make hijra from a non-islamic country that they are in the answer to that is that in in the quran when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about well actually you know what we should actually take the question in reverse when is it ever permissible to leave the muslim countries and go to a non-islamic country then that question evolves to what about the second generation born in that country so to answer his question when your livelihood and your or your dean is at stake when your livelihood is at stake you're going to go by yourself right if you have a state that's now dipping in and, and freezing bank accounts, right, and expelling you from homes, you're naturally going to leave. You don't need someone to tell you to leave. So that's one thing. But the second thing, if, they, if they're not allowing you to fulfill the fundamentals of your deen, they don't allow you to do Jummah. In France, for example, now they're really tightening it up on Muslim women who wear hijab. And in other countries, they're doing the same thing. What was the other country that recently did this? India, India. yeah. These other countries, uh, uh, these things, such fundamentals like this, that, uh, as the Quran tells, yukhrijukum min diyarikum, uh daharu uh, uh, Ikhraj uh, uh, The verses skip in my mind, but it's your, it's your livelihood and it's your deen. Okay, that's those are the two questions that you look at. Being innocent, is it valid to pray behind a Mubtada? Someone who is a Mubtada in Aqidah, we, we do not pray behind him. It would be invalid because their good deeds are invalid by the nuts of the Quran. Okay. الله الله also, the fatwa of Abdullah bin Umar, which is agreed upon by consensus that the good deeds of the Mubtada, the sects, the various sects, they have rejected something that is explicitly known in religion. Then their deeds are not accepted until they change their belief, then they can have the rewards back And so therefore if it's invalid for the Imam, it will be invalid for the ma'moom So it would be invalid and sinful for us to do that or even keep their company next question
1: Can women travel to seek Islamic knowledge or learn Arabic in other countries if they do not have a mahram? and they might be divorced or something.
0: a divorced woman let's say or another woman who's single or something she wants to travel to an islamic country to seek knowledge the the, the opinion in the in the four schools is that to travel requires a mahram traveling alone for a woman requires a mahram that is the law by other rulings say that if she's traveling with a caravan of people that she'll be safe with a group of people then that uh, is another option and then the fatwa of modern times i'm telling you this is a fatwa this is not the ruling it is a fatwa from some of the scholars they said that the illa of the idea of a mahram is safety so therefore if the entire path is safe such that there's people there's cops it's not like walking alone in the dark anymore like the olden days then that's the illah, but i'm telling you that is fatwa not the ruling the ruling is the default and that's what's relied upon fatwa is the an exception based on certain circumstances next question what are the
1: secrets of surah al-Hashr, the last three ayats specifically
0: they offer protection for the one who recites them that's why they're in so many awrad. The, the 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 secrets of the last three verses of Surah Al-Hashr. Next.
1: Can I work as a contractor for the U.S. military or government if the role does not
0: deal with any warfare directly? Uh, working for uh, a government is, is accepted if it is not direct or even indirectly involved in the unjust wars that they have been uh, committing. So not just not direct, also indirect. For example, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he talked about alcohol, did he not say the one who bottles it, the one who transports it, etc.? When he talks about riba, interest, debts, did he not say the one who writes the contract, the one who facilitates it? So likewise, if you're a facilitator, if you're involved, let's say I didn't... uh, I didn't uh, kill anybody. I didn't do anything wrong. I just, sold, I just made the gun that I knew that the soldier is going to use against someone in the haram. And uh, by the way, yes, the Muslim is superior in the eyes. Uh, our eyes, we have a greater connection as brothers. And in the sight of Allah, they have submitted to Allah ta'ala. So they have some favor. They have a great favor with Allah and His Messenger. صحيح. But even if the war was unjust to another kafir, it would be haram for us. It would be haram for us to be involved. So let's say you're, uh, the, the war is not with Muslims. It's, let's say, with South America. And it's an unjust war. That would be haram as well. Right. Shahnaz 922 says, Someone who follows Maliki Madhab, but we don't have any Maliki scholar stung uh, here living here. They're learning Hanafi Madhab. Well, why don't you study with Arkview? We just had a great class in Maliki Fiqh yesterday. So we And we we just year-round, constantly studying Madhaki fiqh so, and Mutun. And we're going to add Shafi'i fiqh, and, and we already have Hanafi fiqh. And we can add Hanbali fiqh, too. We can get from Sheikh Yusuf bin Sadiq some connections, and we have all four methods to be taught year-round online with direct communication and a WhatsApp chat to make sure everyone understands. Let's go to a question from Sumaya Ayyub. She says, since local governments aren't inclusive in addressing Muslims about this topic, should our own institutions create a forum On sex ed for youth, 110%. No, the Muslims should do it. It's fard kifaya. We have it on ArcView. Every year, in the spring, we do a course, a one-hour, two-hour session. I do it for the boys. Sister Hala does it for the girls. On bulur, What does it mean to reach bulur? What happens to your body? What becomes appropriate? What becomes inappropriate? You know that many kids grow up, they, they don't realize that you hit bulugh, your life changes in the sight of Allah, the moment you have a wet dream. like This is not something that they were taught. So we have to teach these things. We, we have to teach the rules, our rules on gender. Why are they the way they are? And I'm telling you, don't be ashamed of these rules. Be proud of these rules. This is what keeps civilization going. When you mix the age groups, father, son, elders, ha- all hang out together, and you separate the genders so that we don't have this nonsense. This is how we all grew up and this is how every uh, uh, Muslim culture was. And the separation according to Sheikh Mahmoud Shabib of the Maliki Madhab today, is one of the great authorities, is of two ways. Either direct separation, and you see that in Pakistan a lot, you see that in other cultures, or by space is enough. Like general sp- people say, oh, why don't the podcast? You don't have any women on. What do you want me to ha- hanging out with women at nine at night doing a podcast with five other guys and two women? It's not going to work. I did a podcast with sister and Tamara Tamra Gray, Tamra Gray, and my wife. Right, Tamra Gray was there. My wife was there. It- it's just this is not our culture. I don't care if it's uh, se- different from everyone else. Well, isn't everyone celebrating being different? Right, celebration of being different. What was it the um, uh, the movie that went went around with all about celebration of being different. It was um, about uh, the great greatest showman, right? The greatest showman. It was about the the the, the guy who made up the invented the, the the circus, one of the circuses or whatever. And it was all about being different. Okay, we're different. This is our difference. So we expect to be recognized. Okay, you're stuffing your differences down our throats. We we, we have no choice but to accept, but but to live with it. What you're giving us no choice, like it or not like it. So likewise, you don't like our way of living that we have two distinct genders. We want the genders to look as different as possible. That's what the prophet wanted, and we generally keep a separation of genders. Why don't you celebrate that difference too, right? Elevate it, or why is our different way of being different, right? Rejected. By the way, it's not just us the Jews live this way. Evangelical Christians have rules with uh, gender and interactions. So for a thousand percent, we have to give the buluh class. And I guess I'll stream the buluh class. The sisters did not want to stream the buluh class. It will all be public. Anybody can show up. But they just, they didn't want to stream it because there was thing they talk about that they didn't want, that that sister didn't want to stream it. But when we do it, you sign up, you will get the link. Any Muslim can take it. You don't have to be part of anything. But we will publicize it in the spring, inshallah. You sign up, you will get the link in your email right away. And that's what we're going to do, inshallah. So that kids could learn about the differences with these things. Uh, Ta'ani says, does sex ed differ much between Madhab? Not really, no. It's bulugh. The only major difference is if someone doesn't reach bulugh due to a sickness, is the default age 15 or 18 or whatever, right? and so um when we teach Safina Saadi's default is the madhaki Madhab. just like azhar azhar is the default is the madhaki Madhab. once you become an adult you can study any any of the madhab's that you want but the default for our kids and youth is we teach the madhaki Madhab. um so next question right for somebody trying to get
1: married is it better to recite the dua of musa or send abundant
0: salawats both mix them together the question was if you're trying to get married do you recite the dua of Musa which is actually the number one most watched Safina Society YouTube channel video the dua to get married (laughs) that dua to get married and you mingle it with salawat on the Prophet you begin with salawat on the Prophet you say that and then you do some salawat on the Prophet all right next question This is a new convert family. Can they follow the Hanafi madhhab if that's who they have? Yes. Why not? Right? I can send them your information. There's no flaw in them if they want to follow another madhhab if that's what they have. Right? But they want to follow the madhhab. No, but they could study with us and learn the madhhab within a year. If they take our classes for a year, they will be very mutamek and strong in tahara, salah, the basic terminology of the madhhab, siyam, zakah, things like that. M. Hassan Madhar says, if someone has been raised Hanafi, is there ver- value, virtue, or even possible in switching to the Maliki Madhab? If you may switch, provided that it's a genuine and sincere, you know, switch based on a conviction as opposed to laziness. Or as opposed to, I like that, that specific ruling about it, but there's no haraj or, and that the person is, is not um, flighty. Oh, I'll do this, it's fun. And then next week is that. And then the week after that, no. But if it's a, a firm decision, there is absolutely nothing wrong with a person switching from a madh'ab to a madh'ab because of a conviction or because of, um, because of convenience. For example, he goes to a country and all the shiuk are shafi'iyah. Okay? There's nothing wrong with that. As long as it's something of conviction as opposed to uh, flightiness following up on the idea of being different harun sayed said sayed says how do we defend the hijab in a place like india oh there's no talking logic in india the secular support is caught between the argument that hijab is regressive yet everyone should uh, everyone should be allowed to i never engage what you think about hijab i'm doing it anything you're not a muslim i don't expect you to believe in it right there's no value in trying to justify anything Okay. And by the way, hijab is only because Allah asked us to do it in the Quran and Surah Al-Nur, and there's other verses. Okay, and from the Hadith of the Prophet. And didn't this, this religion is passed down by transmission from family to family to family, generations on end? Don't you think they all knew how the women dressed? Right, that's how they dressed. That's why the same hijab you see today is what they wore before. You put it on your head and you wear, you pin it over here. This is the, the, in the time of the Prophet. They had it over their head, thrown in the back. As Imam al-Qurtubi says. And then the Quran says, bring it up front. That's why the hijab looks the same. No need to justify this, right? There's no need to justify it. I expect the Kafir to call us every name in the book. I'm not going to argue with him that he shouldn't do that. I know, he, I expect him to do that. Allah tells us he's going to do this. The worst enemies to you, okay? You will find the worst enemies to you. Israel, India, and China. I expect the worst from you. The Christian nations that have something, I expect 50% of that. right? They have some Christianity left. The atheist nations soon will be pagans because there's no such thing as atheism. It will become paganism. Right? They will eventually worship some other, whether it's an ideology, they will submit their whims and they submit themselves to something eventually. Okay. So, no discussion. No discussion. No point. Next question. Is it haram to curse? Yeah. Is it haram to curse? The answer is yes. That was a question from a reciter of the Quran 45. A reciter of the Quran 45 is definitely, if you're a reciter of Quran, then it's even more haram to curse. And the kafara is... To say astaghfirullah and say something good after that one more question before we wrap up for today one more question well
1: someone asked there's two more so I, I, sure so can you just quickly say the seven
0: faraid of wudu Somebody the wants seven it. obligations of wudu are number one intention which is in your heart it doesn't have to be on your tongue your face which is the boundary of your hairline down to your temple and to your jaw if you have a sparse beard, you scratch in it. If you have a thick beard, you just go over it like that. The second, the third obligation of voodoo is from your fingertips, including between your fingers, down to your elbow. And you make, make sure you get your elbow in there too. The fourth obligation, and, and the water has to flow. Likewise, the water has to splash on the face. The fourth obligation of voodoo is to take wet hands and simply wipe your hair up to the hairline even if you're bald or if you have long hair. All you do is from the hairline to where the hair stops growing. Next obligation of wudu is to wash your feet. That means water has to flow. You do not have to go between your toes. That's a sunnah. And then you go to the ankles and you make sure you get your heels. The sixth obligation of wudu is that this must be done with rubbing. It's not enough to just wet your arm, for example. You should rub it. Make sure that every single inch gets touched, rubbed. The seventh obligation of wudu is called tawali, which means that you do the entire thing in one shot. As opposed to what? As opposed to, for example, that you would pause in the middle, let's say to answer a phone call or to answer the door, to the point, to the amount of time that you would be fully dry. If you're fully dry in a normal temperature, then you have to start your wudu over. You've broken the, uh, the tawali. Those are the seven obligations of Wudu. And it's great to have fit questions every once in a while to teach the Farda'een.
1: So last question. Somebody asked, is not wearing the hijab a minor sin that will be forgiven with ethkar and other acts of worship? Or is it a major sin? The
0: question is not wearing hijab is a major sin or minor sin? It is, it is major. Whether it's major or minor, it ends up being major because it's consistent. It's constant. Okay. So a minor sin is something you just did once, and then you did a good deed afterwards, but something that is a state. It's a condition, so therefore it's, it's happening at all times. Every time the person goes out, uh, that they've done it, okay? So it's constant. So that way, whether it's a major sin or minor sin, it ends up being major because it's a minor sin that's repeated, okay? Now, is it forgivable? Everything is forgivable except that which is planned forgiveness, that's not accepted in the sight of Allah. That's saying, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to commit this sin, but I'll make Umrah. I'm going I'm to commit this sin, but I'm going to give $1,000 a month in Sadaqah. So that is what's not accepted uh, from Tawbah. Okay. Thank you all very much. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, return this Ummah to strength and quwa. I would love to live to see the day when there's a power in Islam that nobody messes with Muslims. Oh Allah, let me live to see that day, right? The day that these countries would not, would be scared, right? To do this nonsense that what they're doing and bullying these poor Syrian families and Pakistani families. They're bullying them around and taking their kids away, okay? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala let us live to see that day. And until then, we ask Allah ta'ala to use us after making salah and salam on the Messenger of Allah salli wa wa barak alayhi wa ala ali. May Allah Ta'ala use us in the khidmah of the deen, day and night. And may Allah increase us in knowledge. And may Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala let us live and die on the sunnah and jama'ah. And we ask Allah Ta'ala to answer our du'a and to give us what will fill our hearts with happiness. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhuriyatina qurra ta'ayin wa ja'alil imama. Let us always never be disappointed with du'a and always receive more than we've ever imagined so that we will with this fadl and this gift that Allah gives us in answering our du'a we will be more devoted in our lives to seeking knowledge, to doing ibadah and dhikr, and to being humble and serving the ummah of Islam. We ask Allah Ta'ala that he enters our parents, Jannah without hisab, and that he makes their last of days the best of their days. We ask Allah Ta'ala for all those in Sham, Gaza, Yemen, the Rohingya, and the Uyghurs, and all the Muslim suffering in France, in Norway, in Sweden, and everywhere in the, in the lands of Islam, and outside the lands of Islam, that Allah Ta'ala alleviate their tribulation, and make it an elevation of the ranks. Wa akhru da'wana an alhamdulillahirabbil alamin wasallallahu wa baraka ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wassalam was
2: salaam la ilaha رسول الله عليه سلاك الله قد آتنا في الأخبار عن النبي المختار أن أفضلنا الأذكار لا إله إلا الله لا, لا إله إلا الله أعني يا حسنك الحصين هي درعو كلمات ذكر رب العالمين لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله غار هي نور فوق نور ذكر ربي اللوا <سؤال> فور لا إلا لا اتل هي لما قام الاسماء ليس تبقي الله لا الله لا اله الا الله محمد اننا من تحت لا اله إلا الله لا إله, لا الا الله لا اله الا الله محمد رسول الله عليه سلام الله خير الخلق عند الله صاحب العز والجاه a خاتم لرسول الله محمد رسول الله